Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of For Your Run. I am Sean. I am joined by Blair. Blair, what's going on? How are things? How is life? Tell me everything. Well, I am super excited because my children finished virtual school, and I don't know if I've shouted it from... Shouted it? That's terrible. Shout? Yes, I've shouted it. You are, <laughs> from the rooftops? Enough, yeah. but I'm super excited that we are done with virtual learning. We chose to keep the kids home this year. Um, my oldest specifically has some learning challenges and it just seemed like a better fit for him for a year, but yeah. it was really, really hard. Really yeah. hard. <laughs> you, you are incredibly deserving of a crown and tons of time <laughs> to celebrate for, you yeah. know, everything that you had to literally juggle learn i had to yeah, learn. learn let's talk about yeah. all the things i had to learn including you know acronyms and why you say why is a vowel in this word and not this one and how to explain why the k is silent in the word knife so what <laughs> what grade are you now really good at again what grade was he in well he's in fifth and right. I also have a first grader. So I'd have to okay. say that I was better at fifth grade than I was at first grade, <laughs> which is a really bad statement to make. Like I obviously did okay with first grade math and first grade science, right? but like the English language is really hard. Yeah. And there are so many parts of speech. So that was challenging in fifth grade too. Like, Absolutely. and then social studies, I'm not a huge history buff. Do you like learning about history? Do you See, recall historical you facts? You should have given me a call because history you is do? basically the only thing that I was Are you even kidding? remotely <laughs> interested in whenever I was in okay, school. Okay, so the only thing that we could even like relate to when we did history was Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Disney, for that. Yeah, so yeah. we had to learn about Alexander Hamilton and George Washington and the Continental Congress. And so he was able to at least like make a connection because I'm like, remember in Hamilton with yeah. the guy who was George Washington, you know, like it right. was a whole, thank you Hamilton again, because that's that right. was the only way we made it through that chapter uh, yeah. <laughs> of, of social studies. <laughs> yeah. 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 You should have given me a call. I could have tried my, my best. Yeah. All the history, colonies, all of it. Yeah. History was just about the only thing that I really had any interest in. I'm not really sure why, but yeah, that was that was basically yeah, it. Yeah, that was when a it hard one. Came to everything else, not so much. <laughs> oh, so there's a long response, everyone, to let you know that I am poor. <laughs> Academics may have not benefited my children at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, speaking you know. about English, we need yes. to quickly follow up with everybody. <laughs> we have done. Very, very thorough a research. Lot of research. <laughs> um, to those of you who listened to our episode with Reagan, Reagan, we're going to get that right. Reagan, everyone. And if you haven't yet, I guess pause this episode, go back, True. listen to Reagan, then you can come back and you can pick this back up. <laughs> There's a, a LaCroix, LaCroix conversation that went on. Yes. And Blair and I got to the bottom of it. Yes. Blair, if you, you want to be truly French, you have right. to say LaCroix. Like they don't right. even say the R, quoi, la quoi. No. Yeah. So, but I think then he said, you know, for the American English version. Right. It was LaCroix. Right. So, so everybody kind of won. the cross, everyone, in case you wanted to know. 
So you're all just chugging the cross. That's where we're at with this. You know, sometimes I need a little more Jesus than other days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Well, everybody, today our guest is for me the president of my run streaker club. She's my OG run streaker person. We are talking to Brooke and uh, we're going to talk to her about her run streak, obviously, because it's been a while. We're going to get into what is basically becoming what I am dubbing the fall season of races for Brooke because Mm -hmm. holy crap, Brooke is lining them up and getting ready to knock them down. She's got Boston. She's got Berlin. She's going to do a rim to rim to rim Grand Canyon run. And she's going to do a hundred miler. Um, and if you're already uh, tired from having heard me say that, <laughs> I am too. Yes. No, I think it's amazing. Honestly, if my it's body amazing. could do that, I don't know yeah. if I would still do it, but like the, uh, the ability to do it, you know, but it's, it's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. She's incredible. Yeah. And for everyone who's thinking, wow, that's a lot. We're also going to get into prehab, which mm-hmm. I am, as you're all very well aware, I'm learning <laughs> a ton about through this podcast. It's a very strong theme. <laughs> yes. So she gets in on prehab a bunch. She talks about hydration and yep. fueling, which again has been a huge asset to her and her growth in running. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also, you know, just get into the importance of tying all those things together and remembering that running is a journey and not a sprint, even though technically, I guess you can sprint and running, but I'm not Usain Bolt. That no, ain't happening. That's not my favorite. I give no. give me the long, slow burn. <laughs> right. Right. So, all right, everybody. Get the shoes ready. Get your run planned. Get everything sorted out. Get ready for us to take you on another run with Brooke. Brooke. Hi. Hi, Look Brooke. at your setup there, Sean. You're so fancy. I I am You have a couch in your background, so I was, yeah. I'm excited to lay down on that. I'll like, accept fancy, but you have the comfy. You have supreme comfort mm-hmm. ready to go. I don't know. This is just our our movie room. Ooh, so I, I like a movie room. I like a movie room a lot. I do like a movie room. <laughs> husband's just waiting for his like 90 something inch TV to be hung on the wall. Something ridiculous. Does he have that coming? Um, he plans on ordering it when the perfect one comes out. I see. I see. Okay. Well, we just upgraded <laughs> to 65 inches <laughs> and it's really big. <laughs> and we yeah. had like 50 I thought we had like a 55 before, but we must have been very wrong. Because <laughs> when it was finally set up, we were both like, this is too much. <laughs> you know, I said that we got a really big TV in our bedroom. My husband was like, I just purchased this and I thought maybe we should use it. Uh-huh. And I was like, nope, take it back. It's too big. I don't <laughs> you know, I could go bigger. Like yeah. once you get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. James I, wants to have the wall. There's apparently yeah. something called like, yeah. the wall, right? I don't know what that is. And it already sounds too much. 
<laughs> but that's his goal. <laughs> I do. I do understand the uh, the desire that he has to wait for whatever. The perfect and, TV. And, and I, admittedly, I never quite know what the right one is until I'm suddenly like, "This is it. This is the moment," and then that's what happens. But it's true. Yeah, we have. I think we have a 55, and the wall that it's on when we moved into our house, the wall that it's on is this enormous wall. So now it looks like a little baby, a little baby. <laughs> is it like your smoothie size? You like to hold things that the tiny sizes <laughs> make you feel even bigger than you are. <laughs> yeah. So for for everybody that doesn't, well, they if they've listened to the last episode, Brooke, well, a couple episodes ago, I have no idea where we are, Blair. I don't but, either. I've lost um, track. We made it to like two, and that was enough. <laughs> right. But um, we talked to Bobby, and he reiterated to me that, you know, smoothies and all these things that I know in my head, but I'm often too stubborn to do upon, you know, for myself. And then someone reminds me that I should. But I had like a 16 or 20 ounce smoothie cup in my hand and I sent this photo to Blair of me holding the cup and she's like, it's, it's a, a baby, baby It's smoothie. a baby smoothie. <laughs> like his hand was so big around it. Like I think it's just the angle of the camera lens, but it yeah. looks like, you know, when you hold little tiny alcohol, <laughs> and you're like, I feel like a giant. <laughs> but yeah. he already feels like a giant. So maybe he's trying to feel like Jack and the Beanstalk giant. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Today, I I got my hair cut, and the lady who cuts my hair is a very short person. And <laughs> really? So <laughs> she has to lower the chair down as far as it will go, <laughs> and then is still. She was on tippy toes today, cutting no, the top of my really? head, and the, hair, the haircut was over. And I stood up, and I felt like. Um, I felt like that moment and is it Gulliver's travel with the big giant? Yes, I think so. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, yeah. I felt like I was ascending out of a small civilization as I stood up out of the chair because I forgot how short she was just in the moments that I was sitting down and I thought this must, I don't, I, I, it must be really, I don't know. I, it's, it's funny what we forecast on other people, but I was like, this must be super intimidating because I just like rose out of the chair and I quickly went past her height and I was like not even yet standing. And I was like, this must be really awkward for her to just have random <laughs> giant ascending. But. Maybe it's a challenge. Like how high on Sean's head can I reach today? <laughs> that was the game that my nephews always played when they was were it? younger. Can I touch your, can I, and, and it got old very quickly, right? Can I touch Uncle Sean's head? So I just had four or five small boys jumping, slapping. So no, they, that's not fun. Just, no, that's oh, not fun. You could have used not. your arm or something. <laughs> can you touch my hand? Let's play yeah. high five. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So now that uh, things are kind of coming back into regular yeah. almost normal civilization brooke you are going to work again that's a whole thing that i'm sure is a readaptive part of your life and i know that you're even able to run with more than three or four people again yeah so i mean it's been very interesting to say the least and yeah. started 
a new bid two days ago, which only lasts for a month because our schedule is so wacky with the amount of people that want to travel again that we started adding like exponentially more flights. And now I have to work basically a full-time shift, um, even though I'm part-time. <laughs> right. And it's terrible. It's like even uh. less than I needed before. Um, the other day was I got home at 4 a.m. and I went to work at 5. Like I was there almost 12 hours. And then I didn't sleep. And then I started over again. <laughs> I was wondering how you do that. Cause I know that you are still running and run streaking and I know you've been working evenings. So it's just like, I don't know how you are a complete zombie. Are you, <laughs> is it a shuffle run or your eyes closed? I mean, right. I think I might be running in, in your sleep, time. right? Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Just blindly listening to people. Uh -huh. Yeah. They're like, Brooke, turn left. Okay. Brooke, turn right. <laughs> Step up, step down. <laughs> There's always a humbling thing for me to have uh, thought, wow, I've got a lot going on. And I wake up the next morning to discover that you broke had sandwiched like a seven mile run followed up by eight hours of flying followed up by like a 10 mile run at 3.30 or five in the morning. And then I'm always like, okay. It's, I, I wasn't doing as much as I thought I was doing. Brooke ran 17 miles in the last 18 hours and flew to someplace. Somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, magical. Yeah. Nobody, nobody needs to do that. I'm just waiting for two weeks to pass and then school will be over and I won't have to virtual school. It'll be great. Blair's riding high. I know. I'm super excited. We finished virtual school on Monday. So oh. I'm so so happy that that season of our life is over <laughs> yes yeah and I the kids were super bad at me on Monday because I'm like we are finishing language arts today it was the only subject holding us up and I was like I don't care if you're writing 75 essays yeah we are done today <laughs> did you did you spring that right on them Blair did you wake up no and no I prepped them I have an announcement no 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 I, you, one day you'll know but my children need lots of prep we can't surprise them with anything um yeah so I like multiple days before I'm like okay on Monday we have this this and this and next day on Monday <laughs> so they knew it was coming but you know language arts is their least favorite subject so they that's why it's the only one that was left <laughs> they were like let me never have to do this again. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so nice though, that you can like go forward and finish it. Yes. We have to, we don't have the option. So the kids have to follow. It's like you go on a zoom call. Yes. They have work, zoom call work, oh, but they're that's hard. like all of their friends at school. They're the only ones that are virtual anymore. Aww. They have to come onto the call and it's like, hi, Grayson. And then she like turns the camera to the rest of the class. Oh, that's not as much fun. No, but it's fine. Like we're two weeks away. We're, we're two weeks away. <laughs> You're almost there. The light, there is light that you can visibly see at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Seriously. And as, when that point comes, I'm going to be like, so I'm going to go to sleep for eight hours now. You can watch like any movie you want. Anything. Literally, I'll give you all the screen time you've it's ever wanted. Which all day. Sounds great. <laughs> Here, here's the entire Marvel library and I'll see you oh, every day that's true between Marvel and Harry Potter there's a lot of like marathoning of movies right. that could happen <laughs> yeah 
I'm with you. <laughs> just leave out all the snacks and beverages. That's what I just did. I was like, here's food and liquids. <laughs> See you in an hour. Oh, yeah. I have like a snack drawer that's got so much food that I'm like, anything you want, you eat whatever you want. It's fun. I love I it. I talked to them like breakfast when they were like really small. So every morning I'd be like, did you eat breakfast? No. I don't know why. You eat <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Well, I wanted to initially ask you, Brooke, because I have talked about this with a few people and I was interested in run streaking. As, yeah. as I've told you, I think now via Instagram, via in-person and via <laughs> multiple other Zoom conversations I've had with you, Brooke is my OG run streak <laughs> North Star. It's true. And I know that the first year I was running and discovered you and was like, run streaking. Is that magic? Nope, won't be doing any of those things. And then I would watch you pull out, like I know you've done flu miles and uh, I think you ran a mile in uh, the airport near Tokyo, <laughs> I think at one point. And obviously with COVID, that diminished the the need to be out and about in the world and trying to find ways to keep the streak alive. Were there any unexpected challenges of run streaking through COVID? And the other part, because this was ironic for me, is when I started run streaking, planning runs became less of an anxiety for me because I just knew that a run was a part of my day, which doesn't seem to make any sense. The fact that you are now have a uh, quote unquote, having <laughs> to run every day, uh, getting, there we go. Right. Getting to run every day. <laughs> mm -hmm. But did, does the run streak sometimes seem less abrasive in that respect? And, and like I said, did COVID throw you any curveballs through run streaking? Yeah. I mean, I feel as though COVID made it easier and harder. I was home more, um, but that meant that everyone else around me was home. So it was a lot of finding little times in between if I couldn't wake up early or if um, my husband had to do something, it meant finding just little pockets. So maybe it was more like running at lunch, running in between Zoom calls. Maybe it was, you know, waking up really early and doing half a run here and then half a run there. I think. It was the only thing during COVID, though, that kept me sane. I feel like oh, yeah. if I didn't have that consistency, <laughs> it would have made it really challenging, especially the first couple of months. Um, we were finishing up a year of school that was tough and everything was new and you didn't know when things were going to go back to normal. There wasn't a date on when there would be a vaccine. Everything was, you know, stopping, no races meeting people i think it was really challenging because it made me pull back a lot in um, terms of like who i was running with yeah. um, before there was a big variety i was running with um, some moms that lived really close to me and at that point i was still working i stopped working basically the week before everything shut down for covid um, i had taken spring break off to be with my family because it's my birthday so i always like to do a trip for my birthday and all of a sudden we got to that week 
And I just had this moment where I went running with a friend in the morning and I was like, I feel like everything is about to shut down. Mm-hmm. And both of us went to like run and went to the grocery store right after. And there was a 45 minute line just to get in the store. And we're like, shit, like, yeah. is this going <laughs> to be real? You know, so we went in, grabbed all our stuff, came back and it was just like the next day, everything completely changed. I um, was... So I go back to work and... It was crazy. Yeah, I was reflecting on this actually. You, so ironically, you were the last like destination runcation. Yeah. And and it right before everything locked down, for some reason I had no context that it was so close, but we saw you in the middle of February and at the beginning of March. (laughs) And then listening to CDC things and other research analysis type of things they're like yeah it was probably in big cities in february and nobody knew yeah and i we just were hopping in the car and running around austin and the other day i was just like holy crap brooke was like our last real social engagement before the world (laughs) shut down it's so true yeah it's kind of actually crazy that that happened that even went forward um, I ran with Austin and then a couple weeks later, actually the week before everything shut down, I paced just like a local race that was happening. It was like a women's only Zuma race and no joke, like the week after everything shut down. But it was one of those where I started thinking about it a little bit more because right. working for an airline, especially we had had it on our radar since December um, mm-hmm. our international flyers, especially because our airline is West Coast based, Seattle based. We had a lot of um, a lot of insight into like what was happening, where we were going, who we were letting fly, who we were not letting fly. And so for us, I think we were a little bit more aware of it before it was really talked about in January, February. And really people started seeing like this is maybe a big thing. Um, so we were, I think, mentally prepared for that in the airline industry. We just didn't see it hitting as hard as it did. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. I can't believe that's already been like a year, over a year. I know. It's insane. It's been like the hardest year, the longest year. And yet somehow it feels like how did we even have a year that passed? You know, yeah. I think it's yeah. kind of like having a baby. You know, you have all those stages. where. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You're like, I'm so true. I can't believe my body is changing. Then you get to the end and you're like, so close. Mm -hmm. The vaccine's there. And then the vaccine happens and you're like, not everybody else is vaccinated. So then you're like in the baby stage where you're trying to find your new normal and figure out how life works again. And I'm hoping that once, you know, everyone, kids and everyone get vaccinated, that we can kind of go much more back to pre COVID. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. It's, it's definitely been a challenge for sure. I was in a convenience store today and mask stuff is right. Getting a little bit loosened and an employee, I think I, again, the things we forecast into other people are very funny, but I saw somebody working for the store I was in, didn't have a mask on. And I felt like all of the employees like had a meeting and they did like the, who draws the short straw and you're the person that has to be like, 
I don't have a mask and I'm fine. Because it was just one person. Everyone else on the staff was masked up and she was like the greeter, but was 10 feet away from where anyone would probably go. Like there was nothing to shop around her. But I just laughed internally because I was, she had a bit of a look on her face of like, <laughs> I, I don't have a mask on, but um, I don't come over still. Like, <laughs> 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 no, it, well, it's odd that <laughs> yeah, it's odd that nobody else had a mask, or everyone else had a mask on. Yeah, I couldn't. Like, I don't understand. That wouldn't have made sense to me. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, it felt like they were like, we're gonna let one person go maskless and be like, hi, it's me, the, the unmasked, <laughs> the greener, greener though. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't everyone look bad as they come in? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was weird, but um, yeah. That would be the one person I'd be like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I want to get into a little bit of, uh, again, there's, there's been other things that I don't, you, I haven't seen you talk too much about, but I know you are religiously meticulously following and that That's is your prehab and all of the things you do as far as your fueling game, you, I talked to you when we were in Austin way back before this yeah. whole COVID baby thing here <laughs> that we were just talking about. And, you know, you got me into kind of respecting compression, even when I wasn't running, we were talking a yeah. lot more about fueling, obviously you live in a city similarly to Blair, where the sun comes out and cooks everything <laughs> for 12 hours of the day. So mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about the things that you do and, and maybe even how you kind of stumbled upon those things? Because I, I was, you know, personally, I was having, I, you know, I came to you and you remember this. I, I think we were driving yeah. around in your car and I was like, my feet just yeah don't make hurt. a lot of they just hurt and i'm not sure why and you were like well i wear these pretty much 24 7 to which yeah. that is now what i do and people are always looking at my feet i i walk into doctor's offices and you know like an allergist and they're like what's up with your feet man and i'm like just compression it's fine but yeah i i know you've really worked hard on those things so yeah. Um, when I first started the run streak, I think, again, it was one of those, I was just going to do it for a year. And along the way, you kind of learn different things about your body, right? Like the first month or two, I was kind of like, Meh, I'm just going to do three miles here, fit in whatever feels good. Um, and I was still doing a lot of Camp Gladiator, which is, you know, it's a great cross training. It's kind of spread around the country mm -hmm. now. Yep. Um, but, you know, it was a lot of different movements, which was great for keeping your body strong, mm -hmm. um, not just for running, but just overall health. And we did a lot of high intensity things on certain weeks. And I would notice that my legs started feeling different, you know, and my feet had to move in different ways. And I was contorting my body differently when I was running. And so the second month I started having shin splints. And I'd never had shin splints in my life. And I was super concerned that I wasn't going to be able to keep up my run streak. Yeah, of course. Um, I, you know, would go for a quarter of a mile 
just in a warm up activity and I would start feeling it. So I kept it really light and I started doing a ton of research on what people did to get rid of them because, you know, some people would say, oh, I've had shin splints forever. Or I'd talk to people and they were like, yeah, I used to run when I was in my teens and then (laughs) I can't run anymore because I have shin splints. And I was like, this can't be something that is completely debilitating forever. There has to be a way of making this better. So um, I read a few articles that people had published and several of them said that they use compression. And I was like, well, that's really interesting. I've never tried compression except wearing them on the airplane, you know, just to keep the circulation going. So I picked up a couple of pairs of socks and sleeves from a couple of different companies and just saw how they were. So I tried it one day during my run and during my Camp Gladiator class. And I noticed that everything kind of felt held together. It didn't hurt as much. I didn't feel um, the same pain after exercising. And that led me to think, well, maybe if I wear it a little bit longer or after my run, that maybe it would continue to do what it's supposed to do. So I started wearing them while I was exercising and then I'd take a shower and I'd wear compression socks for the rest of the day. I'd sleep in them. And after two weeks, I never felt any sort of pain in my shins ever again. And that was kind of the start of, you know, taking care of yourself and making sure that you're doing the things beforehand to prevent getting injuries. Or if you feel like a niggle's coming on or something that's a little bit painful or wasn't there before, just treating it before it gets worse. Um, And the same thing happened with plantar fasciitis. I never had any Mm -hmm. symptoms of it before. And all of a sudden, one day I woke up and it was painful to walk to the bathroom. (laughs) And I was very concerned because you couldn't even take a step or walk. It wasn't just running pain. It was everyday life, which was completely debilitating. And same thing. I was like, well, if compression was so helpful for my legs before, maybe I try something that will help my arch and my instep because most of the things I read was, you know, it's because of tight calves and it's because you have a really tight um, underfoot. So I would roll that every day. I would take the massage gun to it and I could feel that it was loosening it up, but I needed something that was continually helping when I wasn't doing those things. And I found these compression socks that were just for your instep. And I mean, life-changing after about a month and a half of wearing them pretty much 24-7, I didn't have pain again. And I continued to do all of the things. I continued to massage my instep, massage my calves. And again, I've never dealt with it again. So I think that if you take the time to really listen to your body, I think that's the biggest thing that is also hard to do, right? Especially if you're in a run streak, people are like, oh, don't stop running. Like, yeah. this is going to be horrible. I'm never going to finish this. But if you listen to your body and make adaptations, maybe you're not running a speed workout. Maybe you're just going back to doing a really slow mile or it's a run walk mile or whatever your body needs for that moment. Or it's going back to bed and waking up 10 hours from then and trying it again. <laughs> yeah, You have to learn to be flexible and really be in tune with your body. And I think it happens in other ways too. It starts making you listen to not just things that are affected when you're running. Maybe it's like, you know, I've got a headache today, but what's the headache coming from? Is it tension? Is it I'm stressed out? So I think it's just a really good overall body um, 
recognition and being in tune with who you are and what is going on. But yes, I think prehab, rehab, all the things that you should do after your runs are so important, whether it's taking your supplements, you know, making sure you're using your massage gun or roller or stretching things that don't cost money necessarily, but just doing little things that add up to make a big difference. Yeah. They don't cost money. And if <laughs> yeah. you don't do them, they it will cost, cost money. <laughs> I swear by compression too. It makes a huge difference for me. I run and cycle in compression socks, like calf sleeves, like different types, but it makes a huge difference. I think I notice it a lot too, like out in the heat, you know, how we all kind of swell a little bit. Absolutely. Like it seems to kind of limit some of that that happens or like the heaviness that you feel in your yes. legs. So that definitely, I agree with you. Compression sleeves and socks made a, a huge difference for me Absolutely. in my running. I yeah, often, I, I was going to say, I often feel like a half of a, and not literally just when you're putting it on, you watch, you know, some kind of movie where someone put like Spider-Man where he puts on his costume for the first time and he's trying to like <laughs> feel his vibe out. Some days everything is to the point compression wise and maybe you maybe you do or don't feel like this, but I was thinking when you were stepping through the plantar sleeves and the calf sleeve. So I have both of those things too. And some days you're out and about and it's summer, obviously, so you have shorts on, but you've got calf sleeves. Sometimes I have a knee sleeve. Sometimes I also have my plantar sleeve. So like everything from my lower quadricep down is just like a, a continuation of sleeves giving me compression. And it, it definitely people will walk up to me and be like, what'd you do? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> I ran. It is what it is. <laughs> you run. This is what happens when you run. You should do it. <laughs> you become <Yeah>. part superhero. <laughs> Just trying to catch up this one side to Spider-Man level. <laughs> yeah. When, when did, you, and I think that, just in the time that I've known you, your diet's always been really, really steady, but was, was your diet good before you started running or did you have to start adapting things to meet the needs of everything else? Because like you said, you were already doing some pretty strenuous core work and all of those things before running, but obviously running is a, a whole different bag. What yeah. started, when did your diet start kind of evolving? Um so I definitely was always a pretty healthy eater once I was in college and um, away from my family. Um, but after we had our kids, we were really conscious of what we put in and on our body. Um, it was the first time that we ever discovered like the EWG website. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Environmental Working Group. It's a Bay Area company. Um, but they are the ones who put out like the sunscreen list every year of the healthiest sunscreens. And they rate everything. They do it for tons of products. And we became more conscious of, you know, eating organic, why you should eat organic, benefits of just different environmental um, impacts, but also how it affects your body, right? Like the chemicals that are put on conventional produce or conventional vegetables. So right. we did a huge kind of overhaul of what we ate and how we ate, um, but also what we put on our body. 
and what we kept in our house. We got rid of scents, all the things. And I think that alone made a huge difference in terms of like the amount of energy you would have, your ability to kind of not get sick as often. I mean, it's surprising considering that my kids are in school and I work at an airport and I don't get sick more than I do. Um, And that's pre-masks, right? And I feel like it's because of my diet and I don't think I would have the energy to wake up and run at weird hours or be able to be on a 12 hour shift and then run, you know, run 10 miles if I didn't have a really healthy diet. And I think that over time I've adapted it. I don't tend to eat a lot of meat, but we try to have protein in different ways. And so being really regular about what I consume before and after my run um, and then throughout the day. So living in Texas, especially hydration is massive. I mean, the amount I'm a heavy sweater, <laughs> it doesn't matter how big I am. I sweat a lot. <laughs> yep. And um, likewise, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I just I'm if I'm wearing a shirt, it's likely that I could wring it out at the end of my run. So it's one of those things where we have to drink a lot of water a lot of electrolytes before and after our runs. And then sometimes it's throughout the day where you have two liquid IVs because you've sweat so much or um, you're taking in salt tabs regularly on runs because you need something that's going to keep your body properly fueled so you're not getting cramps in the middle of your run or um, you know, you're not completely dehydrated when you finish and need a three-hour nap. So I think that's something that is really specific to people who live in very hot climates, especially humid climates, whether it's summer running, spring running, any time of the year, whether it's hot or cold, that kind of humidity, it does a number on your body. So definitely lots of fruits and veggies, things that have water in them that you can consume makes a big difference as well. Um, But I mean, I started using collagen as well after my runs, which I found made a big difference. Um, it's great for your hair. It's great for your, <laughs> your nails, but it's also for your joints. And um, that's made a big difference too. And it's a small thing, right? Like, doesn't you have to go out of your way to do it as something extra? It can fit in with your smoothie or it can fit in with your coffee. It's really, hey, smoothie. <laughs> I'm a giant smoothie fan. If there could be like one perfect food, it would be smoothies. And if I was a millionaire, I would have juice land smoothies every day. You could sponsor me. I'll take it. Yes. No, I'm with you. I think smoothies are, I don't know if it's because we live in such warmer climates, but like it is like, that's my love language. <laughs> <laughs> between like french fries and potatoes and chips like that yeah. and then a smoothie i don't really i mean i love donuts and other things too but those two things i could be okay, <laughs> okay. like some pickle chips uh-huh. or yeah pickle juice and yeah and a smoothie i'm good yeah i just oh, need yeah. something cold and i a place to throw <laughs> all my things like all of the fruits and vegetables and supplements you go in a smoothie and i'm good <laughs> So true. It's portable. It tastes mm-hmm. delicious. You get all the nutrients you need. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Get some collagen in there. Game See? over. And yeah. I told Sean we to add some turmeric in there. You can have yes, some ANC, anti-inflammatory properties. We we're definitely need like some kind of smoothie company to sponsor us. <laughs> Seriously. I'm really. in. We, we need to go on a real campaign, Blair, to try and find the right smoothie company for, for all of our podcasting. I, I am... Uh, this is 
because Blair's been along for this ride. I, I don't know what day it is now, Blair, but I have done a smoothie every day since. It's probably been two weeks. Uh, yeah. Right? Week, yeah. At least coming up on two weeks. So good. I I do a smoothie every day as well. Sometimes two. <laughs> one's a normal size and one's a baby smoothie. But... <laughs> they, listen, Blair. <laughs> no, literally, it's small. <laughs> I mean... My problem is I, I'm trying to learn portion size more than anything. Yeah. I always, this is, this is the, uh, <laughs> I think it's just because I just feel like I need to cram as much into it as possible, but the poor cup that I'm trying to put everything in literally last night, I made a smoothie. I put it on the blender and like stuff was coming out of the cap because <laughs> I had just like crammed as much. I was like, I need more spinach. I feel like I haven't put enough spinach in. You're so, going to have to increase yeah. it and you have to get the Vitamix or some Ninja. You need something you need more than you need a big old, like the one that you see at the smoothie centers. Like, yes, I want to be like the <laughs> huge dudes at the gym that have the gallon of water, except I just want to be like a hurling around smoothie. a gallon of smoothie. <laughs> Just for my day. Blueberries and bananas. <laughs> I I am antioxidants. That's right. <laughs> I would I would be okay with that as well. As long as it stays cold. Nobody yeah. has room temperature. You gotta put smoothie. in like a yeti or something mm -hmm. so you can enjoy it all day and it's not melting. That's right. Yeah, I exactly. was gonna make the comment while you were both talking about it. That is the issue for me because it gets cold where I live, sadly. Yes. And yeah. smoothies in January when there's 18 inches of snow on the ground can be a little No, then that's cold. where you have to switch over to soups. You're going to have to put all your yeah. things in soups. <laughs> <laughs> so you can and have vegetables it. and you that's can right. put yeah. turmeric. You can have a that's soup, right. a, a superfood soup. There you go. And get that Vitamix. You can make it with both. Make Vitamix. Also, a next company we need to accept a possible. Vitamix free to sponsor this podcast. Uh huh. Yes, I would be definitely. I have one, and it. it's lovely. It's this a really is, good investment. This is our opportunity because the, right there's the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, which is you know someone that knows some. So, yeah. to anybody out there listening that knows somebody who is a representative for Vitamix, we need yes. to hook us up. <laughs> Yes, we're, we're, we're really available. We'll even make for this. a smoothie and have a whole recipe thing on the podcast. I would right. totally do that. <laughs> I want to tell you really quick. The most hilarious six degree thing that has happened to me is I have been talking to um, one run company that I like a lot. I get like their shorts and things like that. And then I was talking to some people about some clothing for for the run i was talking to somebody in china who knows a person that i've talked to from the other running company i thought there are literally over a billion people in china and i managed to find the one, the one. person in china who knows the person i've been talking to what is that about i mean i know that i was looking for a very specific thing but it was it was definitely very very amusing to me that that person was like, oh, do you know this person? And I said, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I immediately told Autumn, I was like, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon are in full effect. It has come to fruition. <laughs> I feel like if that stuff happens, it was like universally meant to happen. You know, like right. the odds right. are so small that it was like destined. <laughs> well, it was at that moment that I was like, 
I suddenly feel a lot more comfortable with all of these decisions that I oh, might good. be making. That's good. So yeah. yeah, once they were like, do you know this person? I was like, oh, you're not just going to take all of my money. Okay, I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely reassuring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have any heat related questions, Blair? I feel, you know, you and you and Brooke are living in that entire I'm just the guy that lives in the cold weather place that will just try to absorb as much of it as possible. But well, I mean, it does get warm sometimes in the summer, right? Like, do you struggle? Yeah, That's I it's, think it's yeah. like 82 or 83 here. I will say uh, today it's actually warm today. Mm -hmm. uh, Brooke, when I was running Austin, you and I both know that since it got it was a delayed start in 20. 19, 2020. It was actually 2020. I can say 2020. It was in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um, everything else is like in 2019 because nothing else happened in 2020. But because it got a delayed start, that meant that everyone got exposed to the heat a lot earlier into the race. And I remember at mile six or seven, somebody at one of the water stations handed me a cup and they're like, here's your water. And I just took my hat off and just dumped the whole cup on my yeah. head. And they were like, here's another water because like, yeah it went from 60 and kind of not humidity and fog to i think it was 80 and 80 percent humidity right after i ran past you at like mile four i ran past brooke as she was a pacer for the marathon and was like i feel great everything's great <laughs> and then we turned the corner into downtown austin and the sun came out and i went i'm on I fire and i hate everything <laughs> I think that that is a good strategy as far as like using a cup to drink and one for your head, you know, like if you can't keep your body cool, like, yeah, that's your first like issue is to, and then second, definitely like hydration. I know when I'm planning loops around my house, if it's a, a past a certain mileage distance, I have to include a stop by my house. Like I can't yeah. carry enough liquid on Absolutely. my person. So that's a struggle. Yeah. yeah. We definitely do uh, car refills a lot mm -hmm. yeah. for dashed water bottles or anything that you can possibly do. Mm -hmm. Finding the water fountains or the water refill stations. That was a really hard car. part when COVID happened, you know, like yeah. we're all still out trying to yeah. run, but it was like, there was nowhere to stop to get any, yeah. I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, they kept off. That was really, that yeah. was really complicated. It meant normally one of my favorite places to run is around uh, the lake in our city. Uh -huh. There's like a 10 mile loop that you can break down into a three, a four, a five, or I seven. I love those type of It's like running yeah. heaven. That was oh, my favorite been part. Oh, to this loop. Oh, yeah. It was so, yeah, it's wonderful. It's nice. I like oh, places right. like that. But unfortunately, they turned off the water because, you know, COVID. So it made it really difficult because that's one of the things you didn't have to constantly be carrying water because you knew you could stop every couple of miles and right. refill drink. So I know. Yeah. And Austin genuinely does have that fantastic setup that that lakefront trail is I, I told Autumn, I was just like, if it wasn't so blazingly hot so much. <laughs> I was like, I, and, and, and especially now because COVID for a lot of us and myself included now, I effectively am becoming a remote worker, which is not necessarily high. I'm ready to relocate because I built a house and yeah, you know, there's that whole thing. But when we were in Austin, in <laughs> that, 
that would be yeah. yeah i think that's the reason actually a lot of people have moved here mm-hmm. um i think that's a good amount of people especially from california came during covid times there were already a lot of people moving here because tech has been moving here for a very long time it's been since like 2000 that we've had lots of tech presence um but people started leaving california because you also have the ability to be outdoors more and here our restrictions obviously were similar to everywhere else in the country but if you were outdoors you weren't required to wear masks all the time people still did especially in running groups um, but it wasn't required like it was in california so having a little bit more ability to be outside, explore, do the things that you could do during COVID times, just increased our population exponentially. So, I mean, especially remote working, you know, go to a place where you really like being, you know, everybody always says you want to go and live where you want a vacation, right? Like that's the ultimate dream. People, that's why people move to Hawaii or Mm -hmm. move to Costa Rica and do remote living. That could be you, Sean, just nine months of the year and just leave for the summer. It's true. Our neighbors, like, they have a house here and they come down, like, from May to November and then they go up. I have to say, I would would not object. Brooke, you could possibly be one of the very, very few people that would (laughs) actually get me out of bed before the sunrise to go running with. I would run with you in the morning. This would be a great big step for me. Um, you could, I mean, it's just taking your West Virginia Hills and coming to Texas and doing Texas Hills. It's the same. It's, oh man, <laughs> Austin was shockingly very Yes, similar, Austin yeah. is very hilly. It's yeah. extremely. Yeah, Blair, this is this is a very important know, disclaimer I, for I'm you, Blair. I'm going to step back from this conversation because <laughs> I don't know what hills are. I was super proud of the fact that I ran on the treadmill yesterday at like 3%. That was, you know, a big step for me. <laughs> I didn't want to even do that because I was like, this feels uncomfortable. <laughs> like zero, but yeah. but I did I, it because they say it's better for me. So <laughs> I will say, had Brooke not driven Autumn and I to see the mile 11 hill on the Austin course, so I at least knew it was coming. It's it's probably what, 80 to 100 feet, Brooke, of elevation and like a quarter mile. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it looks like it still that. doesn't make sense to me. I know you say these numbers, but I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you feel like, am I actually moving? Yeah. And make- it sounds progress. awful. I mean, it sounds awful. <laughs> and to speak to the spirit of runners and what other runners can make you do, because the sun came out and started melting everybody, I was running down the hill uh-huh. and it was it was like one of those war scenes in the movie where you're sprinting at the enemy because the hill was right in front of me. And you're trying to my, get momentum. <laughs> yeah, in my mind, I actually thought to myself, I don't know if I get up this hill right now because I was pretty <laughs> gassed out. And this incredibly wonderful uh, girl was having self-talk at the bottom of the hill. And she was like, we just have to get, she was saying to herself, we just have to get up this hill. We just have to get up this hill. And she was directly beside me. And so I looked at her and I was like, okay, fine. We do have to get up this hill. So we ran up the hill together. Cause otherwise I, I probably would have gotten the hilarity of this is I probably would have run seven feet up the hill and been like too much. I, no matter how fast I was going, it would have been like too much. Um, but yeah, so somebody else who I don't know, will never see 
was having some real, real internal mental dialogue and was like, we have to get up this hill. And she was saying it. And then I was like, I feel like she's saying this to everybody around her. And so I just looked at her and I was like, okay, we're, we're going up this hill. And her mantra works. Got me up the hill. Yeah. And I do now want to get to, because I don't know if you're aware of this, Brooke, but I'm, I'm calling this the year of Brooke running races, basically (laughs) you've got, so the R2R. Yes. Is that a run? That's a run, correct? Yeah. So we're going to do it actually Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. We intended to do it a little later, but just timing wise with how school is this year, um, Memorial Day happens and then there's two extra days left over. Um, And with our new weird schedule at work, we just kind of had to move it up. So we're planning on doing it on Friday of Memorial Day weekend. Okay. Um, so we're planning on a 3 a.m. start. Yep. I'm doing it with uh, two other moms that live in my neighborhood that I've been running with throughout the pandemic. And it's going to be such a fun adventure because it's all a bucket list item for all of us. Um, I wanted to do at this point rim to rim to rim. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have to convince the other two moms because they weren't previously ultra runners. And even though I've made them do some ultra distances during COVID times, it's still a big daunting thing. You've never seen the Grand Canyon, especially. (laughs) I have visited the Grand Canyon before and I have gone to the bottom and back up. I just haven't gone to the other side. Yeah. Rim to rim to rim is what, like 46 miles? Yeah, it's like... It's a lot. Yeah, it's... 43 to 47-ish. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was definitely one of those undertakings that they are trusting me with, and I appreciate them very much for going on this adventure. <laughs> and uh, one of them, actually, one of our big concerns was by only doing rim to rim, you have to take a shuttle back. Okay. And the shuttle, because of COVID times, doesn't run as frequently and you have to be there at a certain time because they only come back once a day. Oh. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Run faster. <laughs> like a four and a half hour shuttle. So it's a really long time to be with a lot of people when you're tired and gross and, you know. Yeah. So um, graciously, my one of my friends, her husband is going to drive from Texas to the Grand Canyon. Oh, wow. And he's actually going to meet us on the other side. So we finish rim to rim and then he's going to pick us up and we're going to continue on and do a little national park tour. So That's it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm That's so a nice excited. husband. <laughs> he's really nice. That's a really and nice husband. We're all going to pick him very much when we're done, but we're super excited. You know, we've, I've watched more videos than I can count of people's adventures going one side to the other and I had several friends um, that are in Wahoo running that did it recently and they loved it. They did rim to rim to rim and all of them are talking about going back and doing it again. So um, we're trying to organize a trip for after New York. So sometime in November. Okay. So now I have to, I have to stop you immediately (laughs) because you, okay. One, I didn't know. You, so you're running New York too, because oh, you're well, on the Michelob team, right? Well, not, going? I don't know. If we're, I probably won't do New York this year only because of- Only um, because you're doing two other marathons that same. Yeah. And timing. My cousin, um, okay. 
who actually, her husband was the reason I started my running streak. Yeah. Um, he had cancer. He died six weeks after his diagnosis when he was 40. And um, she is actually getting remarried. Oh, that's oh. actually a COVID love story. Oh, <laughs> wow. Tell us more. <laughs> so her best friend, who's actually her neighbor, was kind of, you know, they were always, their kids were best friends and they lifted each other up and supported each other, the kids and the adults, um, when my cousin's husband passed. And in this time, they, you know, kind of got to know the rest of her family. And so happens that her brother who lives in Atlanta, who had been dating somebody for a really long time, stopped dating a person. They went different ways. And during COVID times, they just started having conversations on the phone that lasted like three or four hours. Oh, so like old school, high school version here. Yeah, like they had- you know, they'd only yeah. been on like a date or two, um, not even like real dates, you know, just like hanging out right. um, once or twice. And then he went back to Atlanta. She's in Washington, D.C. And over these like couple of months of talking at the beginning of the pandemic, both of them were kind of like, I think this is something real, like scary for my cousin, you know, because she had, sure. Sure. She had tried dating because her husband, when he died, one of the things he said was, you're too young to not get remarried. And I want you to be happy. You have young kids. It's super stressful finding a partner that can support you and support the kids and be a loving parent to them is something that you should really strive for. So that was something that was always present in her mind. And one day, like a couple months into their dating, he calls her up and he's like, hey, my sister put something on your porch for you. And he's at the door. Oh, <laughs> from Atlanta. And they've basically been together ever since. And he lived at their house from then on. So it's been almost a year wow. of that. And yeah, they're getting married in October. So anyway, I love this story. That's really amazing. <laughs> and they're so perfect for each other. He loves her kids. They're best friends. His sister's her best friend. That's it's just so fun. one yeah. of those like meant to be kind of things. And yeah. it felt like such a universe coming together in like the worst, hardest time yes. where it like put a light back in her life. So it's just, I love it. One of those COVID things that happened. Like a Hallmark though. movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can't really run. Good reason. Good reason. Yeah. yeah. Well, you are. You are basically doing the double header, which is you're doing Berlin and Boston. Yes. And one, <laughs> I've told, again, things I've told Brooke 50 times already, <laughs> but I'm really glad that you get real Boston because mm -hmm. you were going to get real Boston and then, you know, Again, yeah. 2020, yay, yay, everybody. Um, but the fact that travel restrictions are easing and Boston has opened back up yeah. means that you are going to be on quite the adventure when it comes to fall race season. And I feel like 2021 fall race season should be put... It hasn't even happened yet, but I feel like <laughs> it needs to be in history books because all six... Of the world major are within like eight Days. weeks, like, roughly. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, back of back them back. are same weekend. Yes. But you're one of those 
people that's going to travel somewhere remarkably far and yeah <laughs> this is a jeopardy pause moment for everybody listening brooke is just doing a quick quick little wind sprint to and from the door that came open in her house sorry no, she's just trying all. to get her steps in it's okay yeah. No, that's okay. My little people yeah. have already popped in two or three times. So that's just part par for the course, everyone. Welcome to Parenthood. Yes. We hope we'll you enjoy these tiny interruptions, interruptions from small humans. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, not, walk break. <laughs> it's not that uncommon as you, what did you do during COVID, Brooke? You ran up and down steps a lot. Oh, we were, we had talked about yeah. the craziest, like way you got your miles in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And not just you, just like us as a running community, Absolutely. like what were the craziest things that you did for, for mileage during COVID? <laughs> Seriously, crazy stuff that you would never have thought would happen before. No, right. like I think there was Sean, we, we, I think in one of the other podcasts said he had figured out a way to do like 47 laps in the basement oh, or something. And yes. like, I think you did something similar too, it's right? In the house, like the living room. <laughs> yeah. Living room miles. I made a circle around my living room. Like 75 times. Uh-huh. Yep. I know it's go. a little little sketchy trying not to like knock over your plants or your <laughs> run into your dining table. It's not the most comfortable mile, but it definitely gets it done when it's crazy weather outside. Oh yes. Right. Welcome to Texas. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Where thunderstorms and hail and flooding can happen and then it snows the next day. It's that just, sounds right. Just a bucket of whatever you're going to get with the weather. <laughs> but yeah, this fall is going to be so awesome. I think everyone is really looking forward to those real race experiences. And I think when they made the decision to have live Boston this year, I think that was a really big game changer, I think mentally for everyone, because I thank so much the virtual races that happened this last year, because I think that was just something that kept us all going, um, whether it was a weird challenge, whether it was, you know, the great virtual race across Tennessee, like all of these different things that kept us interconnected, but also kept us fit in certain ways, um, mentally mm -hmm. strong, um, just reminding us that, hey, you still can run a marathon, even if it's not in person, but also bringing it back to what's most important, you know, Races are great, um, but I think the community that we build in the getting to those races is what really sustains all of us and keeps us going. Um, and I think that the possibility of having these big races and hitting milestones that people have tried for a while to achieve, whether it's Boston, whether it's getting your six-star finisher, having that opportunity again, I think reignited a lot of flames in people with that maybe had lost some of their motivation during COVID. So I think now, especially New York announcing that they're going to have it in person, everyone that deferred being able to come and actually race is so amazing. And I hope that everyone takes these experiences and gets as much out of them as possible and doesn't, you know, go back to not appreciating how lucky we are to be able to gather that many people in an area and celebrate your achievement together. Um, I know that when I run Boston this year, I don't know that I'm even going to run for a time because I really want to take everything in. Oh yeah, It's something that I've waited a long time for. I 
didn't anticipate being one of those people that even if I qualify that wants to run it every year, I think that everyone deserves an opportunity to run it. And I don't want to take that spot away from somebody. So for me, this is like my time Mm -hmm. and that I'll move and do other things that I want to accomplish. But I know that I want to go through the screaming fans Mm -hmm. and I want to, you know, turn and see the signs and experience every moment. I don't want to get to the end and say, gosh, I wish I had run a minute faster. I don't want to have that kind of disappointment for such an incredible opportunity. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I think it's going to be the same kind of thing for me with Berlin. Like I, I want to train and do my best, but at the same time, how often do you get the opportunity to run through a city that's so beautiful and so historic and appreciate everything that you're doing? You never, like, they're not going to close down that street any other time. So Mm -hmm. why not appreciate it and get all in? I think you're absolutely right. And I think it could be one of the most exciting times to be a spectator for those races too, because I don't think you're going to be alone in that. I think a lot of people are going to show up to these fall races with that appreciation. And I a hundred percent agree with you that optimistically, you know, I've listened to so many people say that the greatest characteristic of the human race is their ability to forget and move on. And to some extent that's true, but to a greater extent in this respect, I I agree with you completely that when races went away, everybody had to, and I know everybody for the most part started running because for one way or another, but it was kind of a thing for them to seek something in themselves or ask something from themselves. And then you start running and and it's a very slippery slope. You run a 5k and think that was great. And then somehow your brain tricks you into 13.1. And then (laughs) for some people, they go from 5k to 26, but um, then races start to become this thing. And it's not, I don't, I think everything you said makes so much sense because it's not just, oh, I can run a marathon. It's the experience because there's so much that happens to you, but there's so much that happens around you. And that's really fantastic. I think that you're in the state of mind. And I think a lot of other people will be too, to especially come into Boston thinking this is not my opportunity to push myself harder than I've ever pushed. This is my opportunity to celebrate the thing that so many people didn't get to have. And and the sixth world. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think you're right, especially this year when the cutoff time was Oh, yeah. I mean, so many people that work so hard and I think people forget that, or at least that aren't, you know, running and marathoning, you forget how much work goes into Mm -hmm. that moment because not every race is your race. You could be the most trained person. You could be hitting all of your paces on training runs and then life happens and weather happens and it's just a bad day. Right. And I think it's so hard when you put so much effort and so much time in your life and your training to get the outcome that you're looking for, finally get it, Mm -hmm. do such a great job, feel like, Oh, there's no way I couldn't get it this year. I'm so far ahead of the cutoff and then just get slammed down again. Yeah. And, you know, I think that this year, especially if, 
the people that are in it aren't appreciating the fact that they're running it, you're missing the point of all the other people that are wishing they had your spot. Yeah, I totally agree. And yeah, I, that whole season's going to be a special one. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I think, you know, I know that a whole lot of spectators aren't going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> and if they are, man, you really like running. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, I, I think it's going to be five, 10 degrees above what a normal marathon atmosphere is like. People, spectator-wise, will just be excited to be doing that again. The runners, I think, are going to be in a different stratosphere as far as their appreciation for the opportunity to do an in-person race and the opportunity to have those people around them. And I am by no, you know, measure the level of, you know, I've run one marathon, but the one that I ran gave me enough experience of the people around me to know that it, even though it was my first one and my only one, it made me want to appreciate the races themselves for the people who come out to help you make the next step, make the next mile, make it to the finish line. And yeah, it's a really, really good point that I think this year will be so much more than, than what anyone might even expect. And it's going to be really, really fun. And when, when Berlin and Boston both kind of, they both kind of dropped that news within a few days of each other. It was really close. I know I'm I'm super excited, but a little bit nervous. You know, you don't know what could happen in that time. Sure. But like the one saving grace, I think, is they will probably have kids given the opportunity to be vaccinated completely by the time that all of those races happen. And, you know, then it's not just sharing it by yourself. Maybe yep. your kids can come and experience that, too, which is really special, I think. Yeah, I will be keeping my fingers very, very tightly crossed for <laughs> you in that respect, especially because uh, I, you know, I, I laugh because having when we were together in Austin and we were talking about your kids and I joked with you, I was like, they're both just like two little CEOs, like ready to take on the world. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a great thing. And made me pretty damn happy when they both got greenlit. And then I, I I messaged you and I was like, wait, 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 wait. You're going to do both of those things. And you've also got your, you have a hundred miler planned. Yeah. So I was going to do Rocky Raccoon Mm -hmm. in February of this year. And then I wasn't fully vaccinated. And my biggest thing was, again, I'm not, it was never, I'm more concerned about my own safety. It was more my kids. And I think, probably a lot of parents will feel similarly that you never want your kids to get sick or feel pain or get hurt. You want to do things that you can to keep them healthy and happy. And so for me, it was one of those things where it was already going to be a weird year in general, especially at that time. Um, It just didn't seem worth it. Didn't seem worth the risk or Mm -hmm. what could happen. And so for me, I made that decision to pull the plug and did a hundred mile running week instead mm-hmm. and just did a half marathon every day and then a 20 miler. Just, just a half, half marathon every, every day. day. <laughs> just a half every day. I mean, my body was ready, so I figured I might as well do it. 
But I, I love the just things that Brooke I know, drops, on, I do too. drops on me every now I and then. I just decided to run 100 miles in seven days, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm it's like awesome. here over me like, can I make 131? I don't know. <laughs> I'm over here working on my calf. I think I've got 36 miles in May right now. And Brooke's like, yeah, I did that in two days, basically. No, yesterday. She did it yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no. So this time I chose a race in December. I wanted to give myself the most amount of time I could to make sure that the world was as normal as it yes, was going to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The weather would be okay. At least, you know, you don't have to. Yeah, it's hit or miss. It's um, in the Houston area. So it's humid all the time, but it's true. Some years it's been cooler. Um, other years it's a swamp and a mud pit. So mm-hmm. it's just going to be whatever <laughs> happens, happens and I'm going to roll with it. And same thing. I mean, I have a time goal, but I want to finish first and foremost and then, you know, see how it goes from there. I think it's a more mental challenge than anything. Mm-hmm. I know I physically move my body for 100 miles. I just don't know if, you know, what happens when it's dark outside, right. and, you know, you're tired and alone. And- <laughs> yeah, you know, so I think I really look forward to that challenge mentally. Um, and I'm trying to put as many things in the way to help that success along as possible, which is another reason why I want to do rim to rim to rim close um, to the time. It'll be my last long run really before it. And I figure if I can do rim to rim to rim and feel comfortable, then I should be able to run a race that's basically flat. (laughs) So again, Brooke, I, I know that this is, this is all absolutely attainable for you. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I just want to say this out loud for myself (laughs) and everybody else. Berlin, Boston, you're going to do rim to rim soon. Then you're going to do rim to rim to rim. And then you're going to do a hundred miler because newsflash, everybody, Brooke is a badass. That's that's where we're at. Um, And Before we wrap this up, I wanted to do one other thing too, Brooke. And if you could speak to that for just a minute, I know that you quite literally have to catch a plane. Um, (laughs) I have to be at the airport really soon. I know. So what I wanted to speak to is that the importance, I I try to circle back to this for people of new runners. And Mm -hmm. you have been um, a runner for a very long time. And it it took time. And mm-hmm. it took patience. Really? And, and consistency. When, yep. All when of that, you yeah. were speaking to the marathon stuff that's coming this year and you were speaking to everything that's kind of been a collection of that, I was thinking about everything that you spoke to us about, figuring out compression, figuring out rolling, um, being patient enough to know when something's nagging and to slow down and give yourself that, you know, opportunity to be graceful with yourself, to Absolutely. the bedroom living room staircase miles to run streaking to learning about how you hydrate all of those things and i've spoken to this on a couple other occasions of i think as i become more and more and more comfortable with my running and learn more and more and more about my running it becomes more and more apparent that it's not you don't even really set the foundations of what you want to achieve in this sport in a year or even three years it's time on feet it's time over time and just do do you have any final little injections about that because you've been at this for a while and what 
this is why I'm very excited for you because the fall is this colossal, amazing structure of races that it could be very easy for a me three and a half year, four years into running someone one year into running going, what the hell is that? Like you're, <laughs> you're going to run so many miles just in races in the fall and it's incredible. So I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts about that before we yeah, send I you think, off to jump on airplanes. Uh, absolutely. I think, um, the biggest piece of advice I could give to people is take your time. It doesn't matter how fast you run. Doesn't matter how long you run. It just matters about consistency and treating your body with respect. So if it means you start and you run a quarter mile and you stop for the day, that's what you did today. If it means you have to run a quarter mile every day for a month, that's progress. And just building on the foundation, you're in no rush. Running it doesn't really have a finish line. If you want to be a runner forever, then you have to respect your body. And there are gonna be times that you might wanna run a marathon, but maybe your body says you don't, and that's okay. But do whatever you need to, to find your own attainable goals and be healthy, enjoy life, enjoy your run, and don't take yourself too seriously. Running is fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> it becomes not fun. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. That's right. You, you made me smile right toward the end of that because you said you want to be a runner forever. And I'll send this to you in a little bit. And to anyone listening, this is coming. But I made a little graphic for For the Run for fall race season. I'm going to do a yeah. couple of shirts and stuff for, for fall race season. And the thing that resonated with me, I made a little graphic that says runner forever. And it's going to be at the bottom of every shirt for oh, fall race awesome. season. And because I just thought this year's obviously a really big deal for fall races. And I think everybody needs to celebrate the races like you are already planning to. But in my mind, I thought I wanted to think of something that really had some weight to it, which is you don't need to go out and like you said, set the whole course on fire. This should, I, I mean, fall races this year, I think should be celebration of running. And the first thing that came into my head was runner forever. And then you said that, and it made me really, really happy that that was kind of a landing point. For Just trying to tie it all back. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I wanted to say, me. yeah. This was really fun getting to talk to you even more than I normally. know. <laughs> and we're, I can't wait to get back to Austin or somewhere yes. in Texas and, and run some more races and spend some more time and have some more laughs. Uh, yes. Last time was the first time. And it was uh, after the, <laughs> just the one day of you being the greatest Yelp guide of Austin <laughs> we could have possibly imagined. I was like, I can't wait to come back and, and do more. But uh, I know that we really appreciate you coming on and just i'm just pumped for fall for you so yes thanks it's gonna for, be so fun yes yeah, celebrate it all us. celebrate yeah. it all all right well now quite literally go, go forth <laughs> get on a plane be safe and, uh, <laughs> thanks for thanks for jumping on all right see ya Bye. Bye.